This episode of the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast is brought to you by the Smash Warner Brothers hit Wonka, starring Oscar nominee Timothy Chalamet as Roald Dahl's most iconic character, Willy Wonka. Based on the fifth best-selling children's books of all time, Wonka tells the wondrous story of how the world's greatest inventor, magician, chocolate maker, and compassionate capitalist became the beloved Wonka we know today. See the film that Dallas Daily Gazette critic David Byrd calls the musical event of the decade, featuring a performance by Chalamet that blows away anything Gene Wilder has ever done, end quote. Also starring Hugh Grant. Don't miss Wonka in theaters now. Rated PG. Order to Three Movie Podcast for The Beekeepers. My name is Tom Chick, and I brought along Kelly Wan with a beekeeper tagline. Beekeeper! <laughs> Kelly Wan, that's so good, I feel like I could hear it twice. Can I hear that one more time? Beekeeper! <laughs> I have other ones. Okay, but what are other ones? They can't be that good. The only thing worse than his sting is the taste of his honey. Uh, that one was a little too earnest, Kelly Wan. Do you have one that's more dismissive? First he pollinates, then he nests. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Should we stop at three? No. What's the fourth tagline for beekeeper? Mess with his hive, you get a face full of comb. Can I hear one more beekeeper, like the original one? Beekeeper! Wait, I have other ones. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Oh my God! There are more. Jesus! Yeah. How many? How many taglines does this have? Kelly, one, take it away. What do you got? When this worker goes beast mode, you're gonna need a whole lot of beady bags. Oh, please tell me that's the last one. Nope. <laughs> Keep going. Rock and roll. His parents may have been wasps, but this beekeeper has a little Welshman in him. <laughs> Jesus. Surely that's the end of it, right? Nope. Oh my God! Keep going. Take it away. His hat may have a net over its face, but you're about to have a shroud over your body. That recalls the line, the exchange he has with Josh Hutcherson about estate planning. Oh, that's who that was. <laughs> Kelly Wand, are there more beekeeper taglines? Maxillae carnage. Way too obscure. Way, way too obscure. I, they've got to stop there, Kelly Watch. That's Surely it. they've gone over the cliff. Of I did some other ones, but they were kind of dumb. So we should probably stop while we're, uh, we've got the gold standard. Right, right. Thank ones. you for yeah, sampling the best. Uh, Beekeeper was written by Kurt Vimmer. Good work. Dir- uh, directed by David Ayer. Starring Jason Statham. It is at 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. He's 70 years old on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that what you just said? No, it's at 70. 70%. 70%. Audience or uh, critics? Oh, critics. We don't don't do the audience award. Fuck the peasants, right? Yeah, we we give Kelly Wand, we'll let them have their say. This podcast is meant for only critics to listen to. Well, well, the audience gets their say with the cinema score rating, you see. All right, nerd. Uh, On Metacritic, Beekeeper is at 54 amongst the various reviews. Oh. Uh, on Cinema Score, the people have spoken. They have decided that Beekeeper is worthy of a. Kelly Wand, are you ready for this? I'm ready. A B. Ah, oh, get it? <laughs> Those crafty audiences. You know they not did even that had on anything purpose. to do with the quality. They just wanted right. to do that. Exactly. Very playful. Uh, Beekeeper rated R for strong violence throughout, pervasive language, pervasive. some sexual references, really? and drug use. Right. Kelly Wan, the MPAA is very meticulous. They're thorough. Sometimes they miss something. Do you feel parents should know anything else about the beekeeper when they're considering whether to bring their children? Well, Tom, I see myself as a junior grade Jack Valenti. So what I would say <laughs> oh, about this movie is, uh, hey, uh, it's rated B. For graphic beekeeping, intricate topical election year politics, and some dumbness. Kelly Wand, I, I can't help but do a brief aside. Did you know that Jack Valente was a member of the Johnson administration? As what? 
I don't remember, but I was reading something about Vietnam. Well, and, he was uh, old when I was a kid, so like... Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, so. exactly. But I was reading something about Vietnam, and the name Jack Valenti came up. I'm pretty sure it was in connection to the Johnson administration. He was a Democrat? And I remember thinking... I mean, not necessarily. Um, Who knows? Anything. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, I remember thinking, wait, that Jack Valenti? And sure enough, he did come from, from government. Um, so... Well, that makes sense because it's a government thing, isn't it? No, no, not the MPAA. It's, a, it's an oh. industry body. It's voluntary. Um, but he looked like a government guy, and he talked. Oh, he definitely him. looks. Yeah, he. you, you could, he, Now who's in charge of it? He's right at central cast. Who knows? Yeah, God, get the Tea Party in there. Get Ron DeSantis in there. He's probably yeah, got some free time coming up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kelly Wand, beekeeper. Uh, I don't know why we saw this. It's your fault, by the way. I want to thank uh, you. I really want. This was me. I I feel like I spearheaded Beekeeper. I have no compunction. I will see any movie, but this was seen. At that was your how you behest. put it. I, I, however, watching it was very, very excited to know that it was getting a. I'm assuming this will be called a Beekopsis. Maybe it should have been called that. I enjoyed watching it for that matter, just for that simple fact alone, knowing that you would be. Reiterating to, reiterating to me everything I'm watching. Um, so yeah. Kelly Wand... It's going to be like watching it again. Please help me relive The Beekeeper. Okay. Take it away, Kelly Wand, with your... Uh, if not a Beekopsis, what would we call this? The Beekeepsis. Ah, I'll take that as well. But Beekopsis... One time a chick actually corrected me. She goes, it should have been this. So it's like there is some system to it I don't even understand. But I'm going to stick with Beekeepsis just because I wrote it down. But Sometimes that's the best. Fair, fair enough. I'll, I'll accept it. Are you ready for it? I am so ready. Warning. Much of the following dialogue is literally from the fucking movie. I swear. It was a challenge not to use more. Highest grossing movie of the year. The bee keeps us. Some CG bees buzz irritably at us in black and white while opening credits drone slowly by. When the words directed by David Ayer hazily appear... I lean over to the filthy voodoo cave girl swaying beside me and go, remember when the entire German army got obliterated by Shia LaBeouf in a tank that couldn't move? She uses her powers at me until my attention finally drifts back to the movie at hand. Jason Statham sneers heroically at us and puts on a beekeeper suit. He climbs a ladder inside a barn, raises a pillowcase stenciled with hearts on it, Gingerly envelops a buzzing hornet's nest near the rafters with it, looks at us and goes, I sure hope I don't forget to take the hornet's nest out of this pillowcase before I replace it on Mrs. Cosby's bed again. As the ladder gives way beneath him, some words in an apiary font are all the bee keeps us. Later on a brown porch. Thanks for renting out your barn to me for the last six months, Mrs. Cosby. I guess I didn't make much money in my former life or plan ahead. Jason, you like the second daughter I never had. Well, what's up with that beard? Is that shit dyed or what the fuck? <laughs> Me beard just grows in this way. That's its natural color. Blonde like a bee and like honey. Me face is a calyx of goldenrod. Yeah, that ain't like no beard color I ever seen. That there's more like a tar color. Right, I was going to smear honey on it, but I couldn't find any. So I just used a bunch of mashed up house flies. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, you've been like a mother to me. I wanted to say that just in case anything dumb happens in the next scene. Now off I go to play with me new taser. <laughs> she folds her arms, raises an eyebrow, and shakes her head wisely as he stumbles off, getting stung by bees leaking from the holes in the pillowcase. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know why I even hired him. I hate honey. She goes inside and gets bored, so she opens her laptop. Suddenly, a bunch of pop-ups appear. Your computer has been infected with malware. Please call 1-800-SCAMMERS to uh, fix it, lols. Or look at porn if you're a guy. Hee hee, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Oh, porn sounds nice. I better call. Beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop. Hello, is this uh, Mrs. Cosby from Michigan? Guys, we got a live one here. Let's nail this stupid old bitch for everything she's got. Old bitch, Who? Oh, sorry, Mrs. Cosby. I thought I was muted. Listen, um, what we're going to need you to do is enter your name and password, social security number, bank pins, cars, VIN, uh, numbers on all your gift cards in your possession, but also first uninstall any real antivirus software from your computer. 
Oh, well, my daughter set up this here pewter for me. She's an FBI agent specializing in cybercrime, although she did look confused when I asked her about VPNs. No problem, Mrs. Cosby. Just to enter your details and whatever you do, do not call the police or Google common phishing scams against the elderly. <laughs> Outside, Statham accidentally tasers Mrs. Cosby's pillowcase and sets it on fire, so he drives off. Mrs. Cosby, are you there? Please hurry. I could lose my job. You know what? I don't know about all this. Maybe I should call my bank. No, Mrs. Cosby. I, I know we just met, but uh, fuck you. Do whatever you want. Mrs. Cosby sighs and stares at the call bank window flashing on one half of her monitor while suspenseful music plays. Then she sighs and clicks the send all money to scammers button. A moment later. Oh, no. What have I done? Although the pop-ups are gone, so that's nice. Hmm. Should I call my law enforcement daughter? Wait, I got a better idea. I lean over to the black guy from used cars sitting beside me and go, as long as she's the only black character who's a fucking idiot in this. But he's fast asleep with the blowtorch. Later that night, Statham comes over to the house with a jar of honey. It's about time Mrs. Cosby understood that I have needs. Suddenly, here's a fire alarm going off from inside the house, although there is no fire and we'll never know who triggered it. Statham grabs a nearby knife. A fire alarm and no fire. It's time for this bitch to die. The girl from Rent sticks a gun in his back. Don't move. My condolences. What do you mean? The camera slowly pans over to Mrs. Cosby sitting in a chair with a bullet hole in her chest, then to a smoking pistol lying on the carpet 20 feet across the room. My stepfather's all, suicide. My brother and I laugh affectionately at him, although he winds up being right. Why'd you have your gun drawn if you hadn't seen the body yet? That's a good question for another time. Special Agent Radon Chong. Actually, my name's Statham. No, I was saying my name. Hey, I think I detect some faint British Isles in your voice and also shades of dumb. I spent six months working on this accent for this. Um, and what are you again to my mom? I'm the beekeeper! <laughs> What's up with your beard? <sighs> Why does everyone keep asking that? What are the first two letters of the word B and the first four letters of the word beard? B! It's all connected! <laughs> Some more FBI agents eventually wander inside. Since Statham's name turns out to be an alias and he's acting suspicious, they let him go. The next day... Excuse me, sir, you can't carry 80-gallon cans of gasoline into this call center here. It's company What? Yeah, you might want to evacuate the building because anything alive in here won't be. Won't be... Won't be in there? Like at all? I meant alive in there. So anything in there... Anything in there that's alive... Anything alive in there... Won't be alive in there after I've set them on fire with these gas cans. Got it. Wait, shouldn't it be anyone? Also, what about stuff that's not alive, like the carpet? It'll be fine. I guess that's the anything part. Right, listen, these gas cans are pretty heavy for just me. I have like 10 of them. So maybe once you're done with the evacuation, you can help me roll them inside and up to whatever floor the call center's on. The guard's all totally. Later inside. Yo, boy, can we maybe turn off that trippy spirograph stuff there on the giant flat screen? It's a little distracting. The spirograph. Shut up. All right, people. What do we got? Gianna? Boyd, I have a movie podcaster in Long Beach who says crypto sounds intriguing because Matt Damon called him chicken shit. Everybody cheers. That's it, people. Rock and roll. Mama needs a new setup. What the? Who are you? Wow. My name's the beekeeper, and I'm here to protect the hive. Statham strangles a couple office workers with their phone cords, poisons one with a Bluetooth, and blows up the call center, along with all intel on the organization and evidence he would have needed to indict. And in insect news, Jason Statham uh, blew up a call center today, killing four old women who were victims of phishing scams, and they're looking for answers. Radon Chong and her lovable colleague... <laughs> Radon Chong and her lovable FBI colleague, Gary... Get out of cars and stare at the exploded building together. Boy, whew. guess we should go in there and look for clues. She raises a scorched gas can lid spray painted with the misspelled words, property of your mom's beekeeper. You know what I say about clues, Gary. 
let's worry about it after lunch. Uh, well, and also, here's one, maybe. Right beside them, a guy nudges Boyd. Hey, Boyd, check it out, our blown-up call center. Yeah, I'm going to big dog this shit for a minute. <laughs> he places a call. A hippie bull woman blows some bubbles at us in a fancy office until Logan Paul picks up the phone. <laughs> I said never to call me Boyd. Well, guess what? A beekeeper just blew up some of our phones. What the... Well, just get a bunch of stuntmen extras and go kill him. Uh, I have to go too. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a telemarketer. Hello? Later. Yo, boy, check it out. His beehives are right next to our car. Oh, yeah, well, he blows up our shit. We blow up his shit. Get him. <laughs> they shoot the beehives with shotguns. Ow, don't, don't roll them up. No, ow. <laughs> they break into Statham's barn, knock over some shelves of honey, and then instantly split up and start getting picked off one by one while Statham creeps around behind hanging shades of scotch tape. He almost stabs one guy in the eye with a screwdriver, then chokes him instead, even though the stab would have been just as quiet. Finally, ow, my fingers, what the fuck, man? Why do you have a table saw? It's not beanball related. What? And what's with that beard? Bees feed are dusted with the spices from a million flowers, so this beard smells floral but masculine. If I'd use bees. Masculine? Ow! Boyd runs off crying with his fingers cut off while Statham, just to teach his enemies a final lesson, blows up his barn and also Mrs. Cosby's house. And then he walks away from them in slow motion, individually. Later on a bridge near a bunch of water. Ring, 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 ring. <sighs> well, Boyd, did you call me with good news? Sir, he cut off my fingers and killed my whole team. But we did ruin some of his honey, so. What the? Give me that phone. <laughs> Statham ties Boyd to his truck with a fire hose, gets out, then somehow makes his truck drive itself over a guardrail and into a building and then some water, taking Boyd with it while some elderly pedestrians watch. Why didn't you just kill me before and why do you keep destroying your own stuff? <laughs> Statham snarls proudly at us, then raises the phone. Hello, who's this? What's your name? Fuck you is my name. Beside me, Alec Baldwin checks his watch. <laughs> Actually, Mr. Fuck You is my name. Beside Alec, Gerard feels his own beard cock away. Oh, yeah, well, guess what, Mr. You? I'm the beekeeper, and you're gonna die because I protect me hive. You still there? Yeah, I'm listening. What was Boyd saying about your beard again? Statham angrily throws the phone into the water. Beekeeper! Logan Paul goes to see actor Jeremy Irons, who's retired from acting and become the retired head of the CIA. A beekeeper. Well, if a beekeeper says you're going to die, you're going to die. He referenced Matt Damon. I know just whom to call. Did you ever see Goodwill Hunting? Ring, ring. Hello? Minnie, there's a problem. A beekeeper-sized problem. Wow, okay, don't worry. I'll have him killed by the uh, current beekeeper. Sounds like an exciting matchup, doesn't it? She hangs up and texts Bay Ling. Terminate Jason Statham. She gets a text back. Fun, lol, white woman. Meanwhile, at the FBI. Damn, Radon, you come in here hungover and accomplish more than the whole squad's managed to in six months. Behind him, the rest of the squadron scowls. Yeah, well, they fuck with my family, so. Also, today's the first day I've uh, done any real work. Oh, by the way, the rest of the squad here just found that guy Boyd's body. They drive to the water, zip open a body bag, see Boyd's missing fingers, and exchange grave nods. <laughs> that night at a gas station, Statham parks and falls asleep in the driver's seat while a cackling Asian woman runs around nearby, then unveils a minigun in her flatbed and starts shooting up his truck. Fuck you, white man! Ow! He hits her in the head with a jar of honey, burns her alive, and cuts off her finger. I burned you alive in Crake High Voltage and this! Don't come back for thirds! <laughs> he turns to a guy who's been standing there all this time during the minigun fight. I need your keys! My own car smells like bees! He blows up the gas station and drives off in the guy's stolen Kia that can easily be tracked by law enforcement, flipping us off in slow motion. 
Statham uses Bei Ling's severed finger to break into his own apartment, then uses a dot matrix printer to print out a map of Boston in 1980s DOS green. He smirks at us and flicks the sheet of paper. Beekeeper! <laughs> Meanwhile, Ray, Don, and Gary meet with a black man named Deputy Director. And that's what a honeycomb tastes like. Um, the cereal, anyway, according to Google. Mm, okay, you got a blank check. Also, what are you asking for? Um, a SWAT team, some clothes for a party at the President's Island, maybe some money? It's all yours. He walks out. Gary's all, I was in this scene. <laughs> Meanwhile, Minnie Driver calls Robin Wright. Madam President, it's Minnie. We have beekeeper issues. How do you like them apples? Damn it. Okay, look, uh, I need to walk down a crowded hallway right now. Uh, keep me informed through cheaper subordinates, like day players. Um, my upcoming Arbor Day fundraiser should still be fine security-wise, so long as this beekeeper doesn't own a skateboard. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeremy Irons gives a speech to a crowd of assassins. And that was my character's name in the first Dungeons and Dragons movie. His charisma unadjusted was eight. But back to my original point. Beekeepers protect the hive. But this particular beekeeper, we call a queen slayer because he kills the sons of a queen. Uh, it's, it's not ideal nomenclature, perhaps, but uh, we're stuck with it. Sir, what are we again? I forget. SEAL Team 6, Alpha Delta Squadron, National Assassins Fan Club from Van Nuys. But next to a beekeeper, you're all pussies. Should be a good matchup. <laughs> Meanwhile, at another call center in New York or something. Hey, yo, make my dick hard, people. My dick's gonna get so hard. Phoenix, make my dick hard. What you got for me? Some neon words on a wall are all bullshit spoken here. Beside me, the screenwriter's all. Everybody insisted on making that prop prominent after reading this. It's so weird. Outside the building, the SEAL Team 6 assassins raise a piece of paper triumphantly. It's the FBI guys. Ha ha, you can't come inside. This is notarized. Fuck you. Gentlemen, inside. Now. No, you guys. No, FBI out. SEAL team. God damn it. Everybody with tank tops inside. Everybody in suits. Outside. Radon Chong's all. Damn it. Guess I need to understand paperwork better. Gary starts to speak. Inside the building... Well, 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 a bunch of assassins here to keep us from getting blown up like the other call center. Talk about making my dick hard. The telemarketers all laugh and jeer and throw tomatoes at the SEAL team. Uh, we're here to keep you all from dying. Uh, we can just stand in the corners quietly. Who do you think you assholes are? My dick hard? Call your boss. The SEAL team guy calls Logan Paul, who's all, oh, okay, they're not interested. And his dick's what? Um, okay, well, I guess their phone calls are also important. Uh, yeah, I guess just, just stand out of frame for now. Yes, sir. The SEAL team shuffles off in disgrace as the telemarketers laugh and throw headsets after them. Bye, dick. See ya, hod. Meanwhile, outside. Okay, Gary, perimeter established. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled, people. This beekeeper's a master of stealth. Statham walks up. If I was you, I'd smoke him out. What the? <laughs> Statham beats up 100 FBI guys and strolls inside the building while the 600 remaining FBI guys shake their fists and stare at their holstered firearms fruitlessly. Ray Dunsall. Damn it. He outsmarted us. Just like the, everyone. Fuck. Gary, are you okay? Yeah, I was just standing here watching. Same as you. Why? A few minutes later, inside the call center... Roy, who do you work for? Ow! Stop stapling my head. It's making my dick hard. They'll kill me. Wait, not a paper clip. Okay, here, here. The call center guy had stays with a picture of Logan Paul with Robin Wright that's already in plain view. A bunch of stuff in some hallways happens. Gary encounters Statham in a hallway and promptly falls on his knees and starts sobbing. Wait, I have kids. Yeah, two boys and a girl. He takes Gary's gun apart. Beekeeper! <laughs> a few seconds later. Gary, are you okay? What happened to your gun? Oh, that's just evidence. Can I borrow yours? I wanted to do it again. 
Meanwhile, Statham encounters the lead SEAL team assassin in another hallway. Goddamn right, I'm a problem. I mean, shit, can you call me a problem real quick? I got excited. <laughs> um, well, you did make some homophobic remarks on the set of Wildcard that were considered problematic. Goddamn right, I'm a problem. He kills the guy and starts to giggle and run off, but Ray Dawn appears and levels her gun at him. Beekeeper, halt. Listen, chick from Rent. You have laws till they fail. Then you have me till the market for John Wick clones dies down. <laughs> she lowers her gun slowly as he runs off farting. Meanwhile, in a room on the President's Island Fortress, an LHG guy is all, Oofy boofy globule dupe. Heads you piece this oof oof. He's a fucking beekeeper. <laughs> he drops his pants to reveal a metal leg. This is from Fort Neprovious Beekeeper. So this should be a good mutual. Beside me, the cop with the fake hand from Young Frankenstein tries to stop masturbating and accidentally pulls his hand off, squirting motor oil in Jaden's face. Oh, I know. Meanwhile, Statham outsmarts a thousand security agents by riding a skateboard under some trucks. Beside me, Michael J. Fox raises his eyebrows. The magician woman walks into view, spins a crystal ball in her palm, then walks off again, revealing Logan Paul doing blow in a dark room while his mom smokes a cigarette. You're a good-looking boy, Logan. <laughs> What's your point? God doesn't give with both hands. Hey, thanks, man. Outside, near the acrobats, Statham puts on a flashy twill suit, then struts around the party in plain view. He sees Radon and nods at her. She does the spit take and chases him outside with Gary. Freeze! They spin around their quarry, only to find that it's a stunt double. Oh, yeah, he made me put on this suit and he shaved my head and then he ran off that way giggling. Actually, standing right there next to you. Beekeeper! Statham darts off through the crowd where he's instantly caught and surrounded. Okay, beekeeper, put your hands up again this time, again. Allie G walks up and puts his gun to Statham's head. I'm putting this ooze-hoose blood on the ground. Whoopie koopoo. To boo or not to boo. Oh, I choose boo. Statham uses a black decal in his hand to blow up some faraway cars, including his own, killing a bunch of kids, then runs off giggling again. Later, in a hallway of random windows, Gotcha! Allie G and Statham stab each other for a bit and break some glass. Finally, oh, You're just a moon! I know! Beside me, Harrison Ford looks tired. <laughs> oh my god, Kelly Wand. For once. I can't believe I got that. <laughs> I can't believe I know, right? that worked. Statham tricks Allie G uh, by unscrewing his artificial leg, so he has to hop around, and then by stabbing him some more. As Allie G dies, <laughs> <"B-g-g-b-o."> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Oval Office, the island version, Deputy Director watches bored, while Logan Paul and Robin Wright verbally incriminate themselves and Logan snorts more blow. Damn it, Mom, I financed your whole campaign using telemarketers, something Danforth Industries. Logan, I had no idea. Is Mini Driver still in this? I don't know, Mom. By the way, there's a pistol in this desk drawer. He takes it out and shoots the deputy director. As the director's body slides from view, he's all, this was my arc? Wow. Suddenly, Statham walks in and points a gun at Logan Paul. Instead of shooting Statham, Logan takes his mother hostage and holds a gun to her head. Bet this isn't what you had in mind, Queen Slayer. Ray Dodd, Gary, and a bunch of Secret Service extras run in. Statham! Only Statham! Drop it! Special Agent Ray Dawn, sometimes you have to choose between the law and justice, or as I call it, the law of the hive. Or in this case, justice of since I'm arguing against law in this analogy. While Ray, Don, Gary, and all the Secret Service guys watch incuriously, Statham shoots Logan Paul in the face, then smashes through a distant window and runs away toward the beach. Beekeeper! <laughs> While all the other agents in the room lose interest, Ray Don makes it to the window and raises her gun. Statham, drop it again! Statham grins back at her. She slowly lowers her gun, nodding wisely. Beside me, Emily Blunt steps on a nail. <laughs> Statham somehow gets past hundreds of security, walks along the beach, digs in some sand, and finds some scuba gear that fortunately someone left there. 
He puts it on, scowls triumphantly at us as he signs the word beekeeper in sign language, then wades off into the ocean where he now lives underwater, like a bee. Over faint buzzing, three columns of scrolling credits list all the names of Statham's beard wranglers. Bee end. Gotcha. Kelly Bond, I don't know that I can go on. <laughs> so that's why you wanted us to see yes. Beekeeper. Oh my God, Sometimes thank you. Sometimes it's to talk. Sometimes it's for that. Uh, Sometimes I just got a lot of love to give, Tom. Kelly Wand, so much of your synopsis was just a straight up description it's of what happening. happened. Yeah. And you, you, had, you had actual dialogue from the movie. I think Kurt Vimmer would be very, very proud of what you've accomplished with this. Well, script. that's why I put him in there. So I'm hoping he was involved in all of it. But yeah, David Ayer, man, that guy, he just makes hit after hit. And this was a now, hit, so now he's going to be emboldened and enabled. I mean, I, I don't... I, are, are you joking? Because I... I, I, I guess I, I didn't realize this was a David Ayer movie before I saw it. Um, <laughs> if I'd known that, I might have wanted to see it because I actually... I mean, I really like David Ayer's movies for the most part. I thought you were going to say that, and I was trying to—I was going to ask you what's the good one because, like, Suicide Squad's not good. I know you liked it, but I think you're weird. Uh, his very first movie is a thing with Christian Bale called Harsh Times. He oh, I do like that. that up. He followed that up with End of Watch, uh, yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. Uh, I didn't mind Fury so much, uh, as you I know. I like Brad Pitt's entrance at the beginning. And and as you know, I had a very um, idiosyncratic experience with Suicide Squad. Um, and I have you to thank for that. You, do you know what, what I mean? They, uh, pretend I don't, since I probably don't. Uh, you got me really high in the theater when we saw it. Uh, so Suicide Squad is... Uh, Wait, that's Birds of Prey, fool. Was that him too, though? That was him too. Oh, the sequel. You're right. Wait, wait, wait. Was he Birds of Prey? We saw Birds of Prey he in the theater. Suicide Squad came out no, when no. I was in Germany. So he was not Birds of Prey. You're right. You're right. I'm confusing the sequel, which I, which you got me high to see. And so... I got you really high for that. God, I don't... Because, yeah, the, the original Suicide Squad with Filthy Caveman... or That filthy was Kathy Yan, so... That filthy, wasn't David Filthy Ayer. Voodoo Cave Girl. That was Birds David of Prey Ayer, was right? not David Ayer. Birds of Prey was not David Ayer. So. The first Suicide Squad. First I mean, Suicide I mean, Squad I mean, was David Ayer, where that's what I'm Harley talking Quinn's about. wearing the short shorts. Right, 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 right. That's my confusion, yeah. And Will that's, Smith's and, and by the way, I didn't mind... Like, I was... I was kind like I didn't think it was good. It was him trying to do a comic book movie, when he obviously, you know, he also wrote Training Day, so he's. Right. I, I think that, his so. heart is in, like, L.A. gang culture and crime. Um, so on that note, his movie right before Beekeeper was called Tax Collector. Do you know that one? No. Is it good? Because now you've convinced me he's made some stuff I do like, but it's all been in the distant past. Well, I think the issue with Beekeeper is he didn't write it. Kurt Vimmer, uh, who started off, he did a movie called uh, Equilibrium with Christian Bale as well. Uh, he also did a movie called Ultraviolet with... Um, I haven't seen that either. I think that Scarlet? was Mila Jovovich. That was either Mila Jovovich or Charlize Theron. I can't uh, there's a, Yeah, yeah, it's... Did, that I was the Milo Jovovich. Yeah. That was with Cameron Bright in a suitcase. So, anyway, Kurt Vimmer did these really cool uh, science fiction movies, but then he follows it up as a writer uh, with a bunch of junk like Expendables 4. I don't think Kurt Vimmer can write a, a good script. No, he's um, the worst. But he's but good Dave, for obsesses. Right, right, right. But David Ayer, the movies that he writes... Like he, he wrote Training Day. He wrote. That's good. He co-wrote the original Fast and Furious, by the way. Uh, he That's wrote good. Harsh Times, End of Watch, Fury. I think he had a writing credit on Suicide Squad. He could have um, rewritten this, though. If he's the and he wrote Tax Collector, which was his last movie, which I don't think is good, but I think it's something that is almost not better than good, but it's almost just as good as good. Rather than being good, Tax Collector is audacious wow um it has this completely over-the-top shia labeouf performance and david ayer does nothing he likes to to rein it in yeah he loves shia labeouf and he loves shia labeouf being a complete nut job which is what 
tax collector is kind of fueled by. So I should watch it? Yeah. So tax collector, uh, what's, what's notable about it is Shia LaBeouf's just nutsy performance um, and the audacity of its ending. Okay. So that, and that, so. As opposed to the beekeepers. Well, beekeepers is Kurt Wimmer junk that was right. dumped into David Ayer's lap. I don't, I can't imagine there's much he could have done with it. Um, uh, I mean, well, I okay, know. you go on. That's yeah, a fair right. point. Let's actually back up. What are the issues? Like, how could beekeeper have been salvaged? You know what you was, think? well. Because I my, do have ideas. Go ahead. I have ideas, but maybe it's just uh, the kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is what I wanted from the movie rather than what it was kind of a thing. And in, in its defense, before I say what I really wanted from it, I think it's, and also if you Google is Beekeeper a good movie, you get what I'm about to say, which is, <laughs> okay, no, but it is comically entertaining. Because um, one review I'd read, which I stopped reading after this, was like, oh, it's boring. Because I was just like, oh, how's Beekeeper doing? And I just read those lines. I'm like, oh, really? But it's never boring. It was, I thought it was a laugh riot. Um, but in terms of uh, what I wanted from it, my over... And I think you'll appreciate this. Oh, I didn't do an over-under. My bad. But yeah, what's your over-under? Well, you can steal mine because it's kind of a good one. Okay. Um, My over's Constant Gardener because that movie had like a badass gardener with a mysterious past. But it's like he made a a lot of interesting analogies about gardening throughout the movie. And there was like little things about gardening and you felt like he was a gardener. Whereas the beekeeper... Like, there's a couple lines about the Hive and Queen Slayers, but, like, I was bummed there wasn't more about beekeeping, like, even at the beginning. And then that would turn out to be some kind of foreshadow or something. I love that you brought that up, Kelly Wan, because that's what I thought of as well. Like, Paul Schrader's script in Master yeah. Gardener. And it's Joel a wasted Edgerton's, And Joel Edgerton's performance in the lead in that movie. Yeah. Like, I watched that movie, and I want to listen to Joel Edgerton teaching binomial nomenclature for instance like joel edgerton's voiceovers about horticulture and gardening and how they tie into what the movie becomes is part of what's really good about master gardener beekeepers like bee analogies are nonsense there's nothing there and he doesn't care about the bees he lets them all die i mean i i thought we would at least get a like a payoff where he would kill people with bees or something. Yeah. <laughs> he never does that. No. Not only that, Kelly Wan. He uses honey twice or once. Yeah, yeah, right. He throws jars of honey. That Yeah. But, like, I thought we would even, when he does the trick with the neon bulbs killing the wasp, I thought that would have a payoff at some point. Even like, when he even, uses the honey, it, the point of honey is it's sticky. So, like, that would have been a good strat to use in certain scenarios. Like even like not when they knock over the shelves, he can like hear and see their footprints or something. Right. But instead right. it's like, they, it's like when he hits Bay Ling in the head with the honey, she's just annoyed. Like it may as well have been an empty jar. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like something specific to honey about it. It's basically his calling card, I guess. <laughs> and he had but a that, jar in his, yeah. And that was yeah. her plant. She's the beekeeper and her, her go-to weapon is a minigun and a truck parked in front of the guy her target's car Keller wants a stationary weapon what she's, she's protecting the hive oh yeah that's a good point see uh what is your under what's a movie not quite as good as my this? under is the meg because i feel like statham's um <laughs> statham's skills are wasted against cg sharks like you can't do martial arts against them so you don't get as much like killing and stuff so it's like he's just like swimming he does literally kick meg two in the nose in the sequel. really should i see that no. i kind of skipped no, it god no god no 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 but he does kick the shark in the nose i it? was going to ask you a question which is so wait wait i want to back up so, oh okay I, yeah go ahead um so yeah i love your master gardener analogy because that i think is what the beekeeper wants to be is yeah, master this somber story about a guy who actually cares about bees but has some dark past that an action movie pulls out of him reluctantly and that that in a way like that that's that's almost a, a, a template right um yeah. so i and you you alluded to this but what killed the beekeeper for me because kelly wand i did think this was dull i didn't find this at all entertaining i loved your synopsis just for making fun of the inanity of it but watching it i was so fucking bored and here's why <laughs> I blame the two men 
I know there are two men whose fault it is that I was unable to enjoy the beekeeper. Oh. One of them is named Chad Stahelski, and the other is named David Leach. Wow. So oh. here's the issue with beekeeper. The key beekeeper, grip. as you mentioned, obviously a John Wick clone. I mean, that's yeah. what they're going for with this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Chad Stahelski and David Leach, they are the ones who are the problem with the beekeeper. Not necessarily anything innate with the beekeeper. Because what happened is these two stuntmen for Keanu Reeves, who had been hired way back in before 1999 to work on a movie called The Matrix with uh, Yuen Wu-Ping doing this wirework fight choreography. So the Wachowskis had this idea that they needed their actors to do the fighting without cuts. You know, they had the bullet time uh, camera technology they wanted to use. So Keanu Reeves, Larry Fishburne, Hugo Weaving, all of them, Carrie, uh, Carrie Ann Moss, all of them trained very long and very hard at their own physical, personal expense in some cases to give us the Matrix. And that bled into action movies like John Wick and Atomic Blonde that those Matrix stuntmen went on to direct. And now we are spoiled by getting to see action heroes, our actors, actually doing the stunts in uncut choreography. And that is incredibly thrilling. But when you watch The Beekeeper, Kelly Wand, Jason Statham, there is literally, and I mean this literally, I've watched this fucking movie twice. Ew! There, why? There is an edit after every single move that Jason Statham makes. In any fight oh, scene, there is an edit after he does a punch, after he does a kick, after he grabs someone. This is not choreography. This is splicing. And yeah. I find it so dull. Lazy. Just, because I know Jason Statham, they walk up, they rehearse the move, they do the move, they shoot it a couple of times, they get it. Maybe they move on to the next one. Maybe they try to chain a couple of them together. But in this movie, every single Statham move was edited afterwards. Now, this guy this guy is our age, Kelly Wand. Yeah. I don't doubt. And the he's in great shape, by the way. <laughs> he, he, he looks amazing. I'm sure he, you know, he, he's still beard. got that, that physicality. With the beard and the hat. Oh, my Jesus. God, that hat was so dumb. <laughs> I guess it was blue collar. I don't know what to make of that that, that trucker cap. He's a beekeeper. Um, but so Kelly Wand, that was my issue. Is this an action movie? Too much splicing. It just, yeah, it was so boring. You're right, but, and, and there wasn't much spatial awareness. Like when they invade his barn, where the fuck is he? It's like a fucking Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's like well, it, exactly right. He anticipates every move that the other guys. Where are they make. looking when he's? <laughs> right. Are they he's all facing the a, same way? He's a he's magical. Yeah. 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 Well, but, you're right. But so is so is John Wick though. Yeah, but doesn't John Wick I remember thinking the John Wick action was more exciting than this. Oh well no, no, right, right. And that's the thing, is that when Chad Stahelski and David when Chad Stahelski and David Leach directed John Wick and they were working with Keanu Reeves and stuntmen, I mean they're stuntmen themselves, so presumably they got their the, the best and the brightest that they knew they didn't have to cut and it wasn't that's that's part of what's amazing about the john wick movies is they're not all in the editing um, right now that that breaks down some in some of the later movies with some of the cast members um but that's what chad stahelski and david leach have trained me to, to be expect. entertained by and to expect yeah yeah Kung Fu and this hustle. just felt and this was just lazy and and I don't, I have no, by the way, I just, Statham does nothing for me anymore. Um, it took me a while to like him. I, I think I liked him around Crank and Crank High Voltage. Those I thought were good. And also, you know what I liked him in? He was really good and was a spy. He was really funny at that. Yeah, I remember you guys liked Remember him. there was that speech about chewing his arm off or something? That was good. And he was improving, So he's a funny dude when he wants to be. Yeah, but, but, but um, there's nothing. I mean, here he's just showing up and collecting his paycheck. Like, like is there is there any any scene here where you thought he was in like, danger? Memorable or, he gets stabbed. No, no, no. Like memorable. Like where, where you thought, oh yeah, Jason Statham is doing something distinct that I've never seen or, before. 
or um, even just fun that you enjoyed? Like, was there a good Statham moment here for you? Uh, that's a good question, because I think I'd have to say no. Because, like, the minigun fight should have been it, but he it's not a very good matchup, and he doesn't really use any skill to win it. Like, she's I, super dumb. Can I tell you one weird moment that I really liked, and I don't know why? Yeah. Uh, so that guy whose accent you were making fun of, uh, his name is Taylor James. Okay. Uh, he's a South African. Which, is, I which explains the accent. Yeah, I actually thought New Zealand. Um, but he's a South African. Uh, and his background, Kelly Wand, I love this so much, is in musical theater love it. On, London, on London's West End. Uh, does he really have one leg? Or did they cheat that? Oh, even? my God. I didn't even think to check that. I'm assuming he didn't. But that would be... Because I, 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 that guy was so bad that I kind of felt sorry for him. Yeah. <laughs> He's also, uh, I mean, even the way he's written, like, he lost a leg fight. Also, what are all these former beekeepers that are either dead or failed? Like, who are retired they? Retired. Yeah, <laughs> they all suck, except for this one. Particular but I want to tell you the, the one moment, though, with Statham oh, yeah, that sorry. I kind of liked. So, he's, uh, the, the uh, Taylor James shows up in that, that hallway with the windows that you described. They're about to have their fight. And Taylor James says to him, in that wacky South African accent, yeah. you're just a man. Yeah. And do you remember what Jason Statham says in reply? Because this is the moment. He says, I know, it's in the opposite. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. And he says it kind of in this resigned, sad way. He yeah, that's good. say it in his cocky, I'm about to kick your ass way, which is yeah. how Jason Statham delivers every blessed line he has. Yeah. But for some reason, in response to you're just a man, he has this kind of wistful, I know. Because Which that I guy's love. killed, he lost a leg fighting a beekeeper, so that guy gets the straight talk. As a <laughs> to, uh, like, that was, a, that was his, yeah, like, it's sort of respectful nod to the poor fella. I forgot to include the Jeremy Irons resolution. And oh, my God. I guess Jeremy nothing happens Irons to him. They just talk in the hall, and he's like, don't go in. I mean, but you it, know what? Jeremy Irons has paid his dues. If he just wants to collect paychecks. Oh, no, I thought he was funny in this. He was one of the things that was funny. When a beekeeper says you're going to die. Come on. I think every time they said beekeeper, Tom, I did laugh. So I, my, my bar is pretty low, I think. Going. I, I just love you saying it in the Statham's accent. It's a funny I mean, word. Just, it really is. It really is, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Because it's like bookkeeper, but it's like outdoors and it's esoteric. And, uh, you know, you know what? Did it make you think of anything from uh, the ceremonies that T.E.D. Klein book you had me read? Do you remember no, that? it made me think of the Pink Panther Strikes Back when he like he hits a beekeeper in the face with a fucking flail. Oh, you don't remember the wasps in the, no, in wait. the shed? Oh, no, I do. In wait, ceremonies? yeah, and they eat uh, what's-her-name's body, right? Yeah, 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 in ceremonies. Like, it was just so gruesome. Uh, I just thought of that. And that's her I, fate after all yeah. that she's been through. Yeah. That's what she gets, yeah. yeah. And But that's how they get, uh, what's his name, too? The main antagonist. Uh, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are spoiling a 500-page book. All right, bleep all yeah, that. Yeah, if you're no going to read, read The it. Ceremonies by T.E.D. Klein, sorry Don't listen that. to anything we just said. Yeah, skip, yeah, back up. So so I do want to compare. I, so you like there, the dialogue in that scene? Just to clarify. Well, no, the, no, the delivery. Uh, the there delivery, was something okay. about Statham's delivery, which was, because my joke oh, about Statham, my joke about Statham is that he has two facial expressions. Yeah. One and they're is, both the same. <laughs> no, no, one is... I'm about to kick your ass. Yeah. And the other is, what is the other I one? just kicked your ass. Oh. And the only difference is his jaw is slightly relaxed for the second one. He and Vanessa Kirby are brother and sister. Do you remember that from Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, I just remember he didn't want, uh, didn't, he didn't want the rock today, Kirby or something. Yeah. That's I right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, do, I guess I do remember. Yeah, yeah. Haha, ha, you remember Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, there are two things that I want to compare this to. Uh, okay. Did you watch Fincher's The Killer? Watch what? Fincher's, David Fincher's movie, The Killer. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, with Fassbender. Yeah, because I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as a movie about a relentless assassin, That's like a, a single-minded assassin at work, uh, I thought that The Killer was much better at that kind of world building slowly emerging over the course of the movie where you find out, you know, who he is, what the implications are, who he's worked for, you know, who's looking for him. I like the killer, the, the structure of that movie. Um, and obviously, you know, 
David Fincher, that's a high bar to aspire to. Um, but yeah, actually, that would be my over for this. I like the killer because he's a skinny dude, but he was like, he had a really badass hand-to-hand fight in that movie. So it's like... I hated that fight at first. No. Because they do this... Like no, no. It. Well, they do this CG effect with screen shake, which I had never <laughs> seen before. That, but... And it kind of distracted me. But no, I've seen the killer a couple of times and I like that fight now. Much like um, Kill Bill, I like it when skinny people are fight, use their skinniness to fight better. Like that gives me hope for my own... For your, your combat inevitable, training, yeah. Right, when you have to, like, get revenge on someone and go through ninja training. Against a plus-sized assassin from South right. Africa. So here's the other thing this reminds me of, Kelly Wand. Uh, this made me, this put me in This put me in... It made me think of an Amazon series called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, God. Uh, why do you say, oh, God? Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't seen it, but it's a TV series based on a movie that's about a married spy i don't know no just, i understand your reservation i don't like I shows really anymore do. i just like movies it's just too much padding in tv shows uh did you oh i agree with you there did you see atlanta no <laughs> wait did you already ask me to watch that oh Are my you god you haven't him? seen any of atlanta donald glover series no, but I like him. Okay, Kelly Wand, I am very excited that you haven't seen Atlanta then, because what you're going to do is you're going to watch Atlanta, and you're going to discover that uh, basically what Donald Glover and his creative team can do uh, when they're just given free reign, which is what Atlanta is. It looks like FX just dumped money in their laps. Donald Glover and his team uh, wrote a, variously a sitcom. It was comedic there are elements of horror and thrillers there are standalone episodes there are through lines like you can see a very talented creative team of writers and actors sort of feeling their way through this series so atlanta is no one thing it's many different things um but mainly it's the creative output of um some very ambitious imaginative people who were given money by fx uh so Mr. and Mrs. Smith is their next project. Now they know what they're doing. Kind of, like after Atlanta. And whereas Atlanta was kind of formless, just like a sitcom, do with it what you want, this has some pre-existing structure. Right. So I want to explain that structure to you because it's partly why I'm recommending it next to The Beekeeper. (laughs) So The Beekeeper is all about, we want an action movie but we want the John Wick world building in the background yeah. to raise the stakes and make it exciting and mysterious and to give it a hook, right? And make sequels. Exactly, make a franchise. Yada yeah. yada, yeah. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the TV series, not the TV, the Amazon series, as opposed to the Doug Lyman movie from, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe? I don't 2005, know. 2005, I think. Oh, yeah, close enough. Okay. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that was, a, that was a very Hollywood movie about beautiful people in a true lies situation exploring their background as super spies, right? Uh, like, you, like people who are normal end up being super spies, and oh no, they have to fight each other, but then they come together at the end. Right. Whatever. Cop That's, out. <laughs> that is not at all what Donald Glover did with Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon. It is not that. A... We do not have these golden, beautiful celebrities as our leads. So right off the bat, that is not what they're doing. He's handsome, uh, isn't he? No, no, actually, he is handsome. And that's kind of the joke. And I'm using a quotes around it because I don't think it's an intentional comedy. But um, he is super hot. And she is kind of, I mean, I find, so the, the actress that they found, and I don't know where they got her. I'd never seen her before. But Kelly Wand... I am just head over heels in adoration with her. I think she is the sort of magic ingredient that Mr. and Mrs. Smith needed um, to run. Uh, Her name is Maya Erskine. I'd never seen her before. She is not an action hero. She is not glamorous. Um, She is very naturalistic. She's almost got this... I mean, when they do action scenes, for instance, Donald Glover, that dude, and there are even jokes where he's running around without his shirt, 
and she's making fun of him because obviously he knows he's in great shape. Um, but the action scenes, it's clear that she doesn't have the physicality that he does. So one of the things that the TV show does that the movie didn't do, because you know, you don't do this in a movie, when they have an action scene in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they basically just skip over it. They just edit past it or around it, or maybe just show you a couple little So slashes. like night and day. The point is, it is not an action show. It's about their relationship. And the fact that they had a gunfight or a car chase or had to get or got kidnapped in Bolivia, that is beside the point to how they talk to and treat each other and how they resolve their differences and their conflicts. Um, it's very much an action show that ignores the action because it wants to be about the characters. And it's almost a joke the way they do it. Like they'll go on a dangerous mission, they'll almost die, and then they'll be, and that, that's literally like four seconds of, of, of film time. You know, they just cut past it and then they go to the aftermath of it. And it works. Because Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the Donald Glover show, is not interested in action sequences, really. It's interested in, in characters. Um, yeah, so, like Night and Day. The, uh, Tom oh, Clark Night and Day. <laughs> I thought you meant Night and Day. I knew that's what you thought I meant. Right, right, right. Like, right. Oh, I got to wait for him to stop. and then No, no, very him. good analogy, Kelly Wine. Yeah. Excellent. James Mangold clearly knew what he was doing with that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I love how she falls asleep during... Like when he's rescued. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My favorite one in that was when he's swinging from the pendulum, but he's reassuring her as she's like waking up from yeah. consciousness in another room. He's all, I know this looks bad, but don't worry. And you know what? There was some of that in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They are so good with each other. I mean, you don't need me to tell you how good Donald Glover is. Yeah, um, But you have no idea how good Maya Erskine is, Kelly Wand, because you have no idea who she is yet. But you will find out. Uh, I'm, mm. I, I'm just so excited, A, that you haven't seen Atlanta, because I can't wait for you to watch that, but also for you to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith, just because I know, I, I know you'll appreciate things in that. And it's nothing like the Doug Lyman movie. I mean, they just took the name and said, sayonara. That's all well, we I'm need. assuming they're not trying to kill each other, because how long could you sustain that? Well, also, it's series? a, yeah, it is an eight-episode series. Oh, so that's it does past. have the issue with TV... Well, there are filler episodes. Um, could be worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like anyway, Fargo, that, like Fargo, the new season of Fargo was super good, but there's still at least one episode you go, oh, this one didn't need to be in here. That's it's the course of TV, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, I'll check it out, right. but I'd rather watch Atlanta first. No, no, Atlanta, I mean, yeah, and so, and the other thing Atlanta has, the reason I watched Atlanta, uh, Donald Glover and his team, and I keep saying Donald Glover, but I know it's a team of people. The folks behind Atlanta, the folks behind Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they write female characters. Like, their willingness to explore female characters uh, is... is Almost as uh, good as the beekeepers? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what... It's just rare. It is so rare. Like, Zazie Beats was the reason I watched Atlanta. Just, I, I just... Oh, yeah. Joker. And they do so much, like, they do so much with her character over the course of that series. Um, and it's the same with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, just so much Arts. of attention is given Altman. to Maya Erskine's character's perspective, as well as Donald Glover's. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Sir, if yes. If you're done with your two overs. Those are my two overs. I am done, yes. Questions? I was going to ask you, because it's sort of goes back to something you said earlier about does it relate any... to queen slayers kind of you when you asked if there was any good state moment in this right. movie and i went not really i was going right. to ask you what your either your favorite or your funniest state moment in any movie is because i instantly thought of mine and i was curious. oh well, i know i've mentioned mine before so there's a movie that you got me to watch that you never watched yourself called london uh that has oh uh, yeah Chris like Evans and, and yeah, but it's Chris Evans and Jason Statham yeah. in the bathroom. Wait, is that London? Yeah, it's London. Yeah, That's uh, they're doing coke in a bathroom of a party, yeah. and they're just both coked up doing monologues. And I love Statham has a bad wig on and everything. I ah. think it's a wig. It's got to be. 
Uh, As opposed to a beard. Oh my God, you're so right about that beard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Be keeper. <laughs> Poor Statham. Why? What, what's yours? What, what do you? What comes to mind for my you? My favorite Statham moment is uh, I think it's from Mechanic Resurrection, and it's that part where he's on a boat. And he gets in a lifeboat that's like hanging vertically above the deck and he spins around in it. So it's like, and he shoots guards that like are standing near the boat, but they, so it's like when they shoot back at him, they're shooting right, into the hole the and then he keeps right, spinning right. and then he hits them and they can't hit him. Pretty and, clever. Uh, <laughs> the chick I saw that with was like, I feel bad for the guards. So it's like, I do I remember in is. some of those transporter movies, there's at least one where he has a really egregious scene involving being shirtless and rolling around in oil. Uh, That's good. I like in like, uh, Crank High Voltage when he's on fire and he kisses Bei Ling and then she spits fire at the end. I, you know, I really, I, I, he does deserve credit for just... Those I movies mean, are good. They're they are, perfect they, they really vehicles. Are. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, his character's an idiot them. and... Yep. Amy Smart's character's an idiot, and that's who we're rooting for. Like as a single, as a single-minded idiot, Statham is uh, is great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Beekeeper is a government official, Tom. Just like Kelly Jeremy one, Irons I, I, and I was Mini Driver. To, yep. You're He's gonna. a public servant. I was yeah. going to do good writing, bad writing, but I didn't find any good writing in this. You you thought I know was good writing? No, it was good delivery. Good delivery. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember his character's name in Beekeeper? Mason Colwell. Oh, you're so close. No? Was Adam there a bee theme? Like his name was no. Jonas in no. The Meg. It's oh. a dirt theme. It's a dirt name? Dirt theme. Dirt theme. It's very, Soil, very salt of the earth name. Soil McLomington. Close. Um, it's the very gravel. first man. The very first man. Gravel driveway? The very first man. You say gravel driveway. Oh, Adam. Says, yeah. <laughs> Go on. You're close. Adam. Yeah, it obviously didn't make Beekeeper. an impression on you. Adam, Adam Clay. Oh, God. He's Adam Clay. Yeah. Wait, you said that was dirt themed? Oh, I guess it is. Yeah. I would have said pottery. Start... You need to learn how to give better clues, dude. Pottery themed would have helped you better. Right, right. Well, Kelly Wand, we did a beekeeper podcast. That's going to be a tough act You're to welcome, slaves. <laughs> Speaking of that, by the way, I tried to watch the, uh, the sequel to Aquaman. Man, I ah. could not do it. I just I didn't couldn't. Try. I, I mean, it was James Wan again and Jason Momoa, and I just... I. I remember I thought, Momoa dis- disavowed it. And that's like, he loves being Aquaman. So if he didn't think it was uh, good. And he was, that was while he was trying to promote it. He's like, oh, God, kill me. Yeah, but anyway, your, your welcome slaves just made me think. Because remember, that was Jason Momoa as yeah. Conan. Like, that's where totally we first miscast. met him way back Misri- when. Yeah. Miswritten, Rose. Oh, yeah. God, so many things wrong with that. Kelly Wan, let's do another movie podcast soon. Did you see Poor Things yet? <gasps> Ooh, should that be our next one? Yes. Or should- well, okay. when less what? What were you going to say? I was going to say we, we could do Am I Being Unreasonable? Although we did already talk about that. And that is TV. Well, and it's British. Can we do Poor Things first? Just because... Um, so we should do Poor Things when it's, uh, when it's streaming online. Like that, that should be online soon. So I think that would be a perfect time to do that. That show might be hard to opsize, but I'll do what I can. Well, Kelly Wand, you don't have to... Some, like, don't feel compelled to always do an opsis. Just, just putting that out there for, the, uh, for one's tough. future that reference. One's tough. I understand. But if you ever just want to hang out with me and chat about a movie, I'm here for you, Kelly Wan. You mean a show? A movie or a TV show. The only um, place I draw the line, Kelly Wand, is books. <laughs> Book books. All right, so I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Kelly Wand. This has been the Quarter 3 Movie Podcast for The Beekeeper. We'll see everyone next time. I'm a man in a trance. I'm a boy in short pants. When I see my honey knee. Well, I've got something to say. If 
the old woman had been turned into a bee instead of a fly, he would have puked honey in that one scene, and Gina Davis would have gotten horny. Oh my god, I did not like where that went. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Uh, it was my uncle who taught me about the birds and the bees. He sat me one down. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one should end there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Place a beehive on my grave and let the honey soak through. When I'm dead and gone, that's what I want from you. The streets of heaven are gold and sunny, but I'll stick with my plot and a pot of honey. Place a beehive on my grave and let the honey soak through.